Bank of America is dedicated to bringing diverse women talent into the company and to supporting the economic empowerment of women around the world. Recognizing the vital role women play in driving economic growth, Bank of America helps women make connections to build their businesses and make meaningful contributions to local communities. Through partnerships with multiple organizations, Bank of America has helped more than 75,000 women entrepreneurs access mentoring and the capital they need to lead, create positive change, and grow their businesses. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash women. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2021, Bank of America Corporation. Welcome to Mika Straight Up, brought to you by Bank of America. So we took a look at mental health in the last edition of this podcast, and I talked a lot about myself, which, you know, I tend to do because I actually think when it comes to mental health, it's important to share. We all hit really hard times at different times in our lives, some of us earlier, some of us later. None of us get off scot-free, although some people, sometimes when I'm talking to large groups, um, and I say, you you know, how much do you struggle? And some people don't raise their hands, and I'm thinking, oh, how young are you? Everyone goes through hard times, and I think it's it's worth destigmatizing on many levels, and it's coming, especially as mental health experts are learning to teach people skills. Sometimes you can even use skills and not pills. I did a combination of both, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's important, though, to get skills early on in life, even when you don't think you need them, and they are available now. Joining me now, the co-authors of the best-selling book, DBT for Dummies, Jillian Galen and Dr. Blaise Aguirre. And Jillian is a psychologist, um, Harvard Medical School, and they both are at the McLean Hospital in Belmont, Massachusetts. And Jillian, I just told the story about how I finally learned how not to trip over what was behind me. But it was hard, wasn't it? It was really hard. (laughs) Oh, my God. It took forever. It took a while. It took a while. It took a while. (laughs) It's all about trying to sort of like not suffer and not feel so much shame that you can actually deal with things. And we worked through a lot. And so Blaze, who's just joining this conversation, I was just talking about the two times in my life that I really needed a lot of help. The first time I didn't get it, and I'm still paying the price. The second time I did, and it was with Jillian, and it took a long time just to figure out how to get to work. But when we did start some real DBT, it was life-changing. And Was it worth it, Mika? <laughs> it was so worth it. It is still worth it. Well, let me ask you this, because sometimes we look at the past and we say something like, okay, that that didn't work out, and it should have worked out then and everything. But had it worked out, you wouldn't have met Jillian. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Wow, that's a hard one. But I am I am still working at it. And 
for me, DBT is always about trying to do a little better and not trying to feel bad about the part you're not doing perfectly. And I love what I'm hearing about what is happening, not just with your book, but with the work the two of you are doing. Because I truly believe that DBT should be completely mainstreamed. And I know that like too early to talk about, but there's a lot of interest in getting this in schools and in corporations, and it makes a lot of sense. But let's start with the book. Jillian, you're the lead author, uh, so I'll start with you. Why did you both write DBT for dummies, meaning people like me? Well, you know... um Blaze loves to tell the story. Partially, you pushed us to write DBT for Dummies. But, you know, both of us are so committed to this treatment. It's so pragmatic, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's giving people skills. It's working with mindfulness. It's opening people's eyes. It's helping them let go of struggles, you know, to do things differently. And, you know, it's designed and offered to such a narrow group of the population, right? That they get this really cool treatment. And we've always thought, you know, part of the tenets of DBT is that if you are a practitioner of DBT, you have to practice it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have always thought together, like, why don't we give this to more people? You know, why is it just going to people that have, you know, some of these deeper struggles that are bringing them into treatment? Let's open it up. Let's offer this to people so that they can learn these skills to, you know, enhance different areas of their life. And Blaze, the two of you have been working together a long time. You've written books together. You've been doing this for a long time um, and have really been able to change a lot of lives. How would you describe the core principles of dialectical behavioral therapy? What is it? So it starts off with a very important premise, uh, and that's, you know, when we look at people who are mentally ill, one of the problems is that they're very, very stigmatized. They're very judged by the world as sort of um, people who may be not trying hard enough or who, you know, who are choosing their depression and things like that. So DBC starts with a premise and, and says, people who are struggling don't know how not to struggle. I mean, why would somebody choose struggling? They wouldn't choose struggling if they could do something better. So it starts off with that premise. And then it says, what are the areas that uh, DBT is going to work in for, for various people? And the areas that we see in the work that we do is the ability to control their emotions, to regulate their emotions, meaning that, you know, when you see a toddler throwing a temper tantrum, you might say, well, that's to be expected. When a 16-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 60-year-old is throwing a temper tantrum, then you'd say, what's going on there? So the ability to regulate emotions is something that happens over time. And so when that doesn't happen, then that's one of the things that we teach. We also teach um, something called interpersonal effectiveness and how to how to be more effective in having discussions with uh, people for the things that you need, for your self-respect, for maintaining relationships. Because again, people who are emotionally very upset will sometimes say some pretty mean things, some pretty hurtful things that doesn't actually enhance their relationship and doesn't leave them feeling better about themselves. So how do you uh, improve the relationships? Because most people want to have better relationships. How to tolerate distress. I mean, most of us, when we're having a really difficult time, well, some of us can can do some things that might not be in our best interest, whether we do impulsive things, whether we 
drink too much or maybe use drugs or maybe connect with people that we shouldn't be connecting with uh, because we're unable to tolerate the distress. Uh, and so we teach people how to tolerate distress. And then the most important skill, at least it is uh, for me and I think Gillian as well, is this idea of uh, mindfulness, taking ancient practices, practices that have been in all of our faiths, uh, and also for people not of faith, and how to pay attention to what this moment brings to us in its entirety. This moment accurately. This moment describing thoughts as thoughts, experiences as experiences, so that we don't get caught up in the fake news of our minds, in, in, in the narrative of the past or the fears of the future. Mm. And Jillian, the place that you found me, I was having a hard time regulating my emotions, and I was moving really fast, and I was feeling so much guilt and suffering so much about it that it was very difficult to actually deal with reality and move forward in a better way. Uh, DBT is a lot about just doing better. You know, it, it doesn't matter necessarily everything that's happened in the past. You can sit there and look at it and suffer as much as you want, or you can move forward and do a little better and develop some skills around doing better. So doing better isn't hard or driven by shame or rules, but it's because it's less suffering. And the whole concept of DBT was sort of mind-opening to me because some of it was so basic. Some of it were things I thought I already knew. I felt like I was re-raising myself again. Does that make sense, Jillian? You know, it, it does. I think, it, you know, somewhere along the line, I think a lot of us stop paying attention. And many people actually live, most people live their lives sort of mindlessly, right? Not paying attention. And for some people, that's okay, right? Um, and for a lot of us, it's not okay. You know, that that over time, as we don't pay attention, we our emotions drive our life, right? We become reactive. We become kind of hostage to how we feel. Mm. You know, we, you know, at, at the extreme, we become mood dependent. Like when our mood is in one place, we can get a lot of things done. And when our mood starts to go down the road of guilt and shame and sadness, you know, we, we behave differently. We cross our values. Mm -hmm. um, we give up our goals. And we, we, most importantly, we stop looking at what's in front of us. We miss out. We really miss out. Or we keep tripping over what, what's behind us, not yes. to yeah, dwell on we that. We do. <laughs> and, and, and what's interesting is we get attached to that. Yeah. We get attached to that belief that we can't let things go, right? So we live in a past that is gone and we live uh, or we live in a future that hasn't happened, but we don't actually begin to do things differently or change, mm -hmm. right? And, and mm -hmm. instead we become hostage. So, Blaze, why do you think, I mean, not that, aside from the fact that the book's great, <laughs> but let's be real about where we are as a country and where we are in this world with social media. Why do you think, I mean, you guys came on Morning Joe, we talked about the book, but it became, I think it hit number one on Amazon. Like, I, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that with like books that are books of our time by the greatest historians that, you know, I've never seen a book shoot to number one on Amazon as quickly as this did one conversation, literally on a TV show. And what do you think it is about this moment we're in that this book really hits the mark? You know, um, 
I've said this since uh, day one of the pandemic, um, or two things that I've said since day one of the pandemic. One is that uh, there's the viral pandemic that's going on, but there's also going to be a mental health pandemic, uh, the repercussions of which are going to last for a very, very long time, just, you know, developmentally and certainly going to impact kids probably to a certain extent more than, than adults because a high percentage of their time has been, you know, sort of stuck in, indoors and isolating. So that's one thing. The second thing is that in this day and age, we, we live in a, a time of tremendous polarization where, you know, we have such strong differences of opinion and we don't take the time to stop and listen to each other and see how each person got to the opinion that they're in. So we need help. Uh, because we're angrier, we're more irritable, we're more disconnected, we're more isolated, and there are different kinds of ways to address uh, problems in terms of different kinds of therapies. And I think what I like about DBT and what I think it, it speaks to is it it has practical tools that people can use um, here and now and every day, and it's less theoretical. It's more do this and less of that, mm -hmm. uh, especially if doing that is making you more depressed and more, more, uh, you know, disconnected. So, so I think um, it has tools that everybody needs, and I think that uh, it speaks to, uh, you know, we see emergency rooms with hundreds and hundreds of kids that cannot get into therapists that cannot get into psychiatric hospitals and people want to know what to do now not six weeks from now or six months from now it's a lot of suffering and I think that uh, the DBT has the skills that uh, that are helpful right now so I think that that's what it spoke to the book is DBT for dummies and we're talking with authors Jillian Galen and Blaze Aguirre and if you are feeling overly anxious if you're feeling reactive, if you're getting into a lot of arguments, if you're crying a lot, if you're hurting a lot, if you're going through a really dark time, and that time continues and continues, and you realize that you're hitting a wall, this is the book for you. Everybody goes through dark times that everyone, as I said earlier, goes through some shit in their life. <laughs> and um, it's hard to do it all perfectly. It's hard to handle every hard situation really well. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you fall short. And sometimes you find yourself not feeling well. And mental illness can be hereditary. Mental illness can be environmental. Mental illness can be temporary. Sometimes it can be something you live with forever. But this book allows you to get the help you need even if that person that you're looking for or that access that you need is hard to come by during these difficult times. So Jillian, how can somebody use the book, whether it's to work with family problems or what I just described, running into a really bad, dangerous patch in your life? You know, I think um, the book is just easy to read. You know, you can you can flip through. You know, it's it's certainly not a substitute for a therapist, mm -hmm. but it's just filled with you know if you're struggling with anger, if you want to be more effective in your relationships, if you just need some ideas like how do I cope, how do I get through the moment. You know, you don't have to read the book from cover to cover. You can just sort of like flip through and think about like what it, like sort of like what Blaze said. Like knowing things is one thing, 
But we know that insight alone doesn't change our behavior. It doesn't necessarily make us feel better. So the book is filled with action items. Like, this is what I could do. This is what I could try right now. So what I um, talk about and know your value is how if you know your own value, you can better your relationships at work, get more value back at work. And then I realized the concept applied to all your relationships. And I feel like DBT has really enhanced that. I mean, if you are struggling with people that you love, sometimes it takes a lot to relearn how to do that, how to communicate effectively, how sometimes to stop communication when it's not going well. And it seems so basic, but it's really hard when you're in it with someone. Can DBT enhance relationships? Jillian, and then Blaze. Yes. We, have, we both have lots to say on that. You know, absolutely. You know, I think sometimes the, the biggest problems that we have in relationships is, first of all, we don't understand the problem. Right. Like, we don't understand. Is it our emotions that are driving the bus? Like, are we not able to slow down and regulate? Do we need to learn skills about validation? So one of the most important skills in DBT is learning how to validate somebody, right? And ultimately ourselves. Like, make this person's emotional experience make sense. Like given who they are, given the situation in front of us, if we can let the other person know that what they're feeling makes sense, then, you know, the temperature in the room goes down. We start to feel understood. As our emotions begin to regulate, we can think again, right? And then we're much more able to have these kinds of discussions. We also can, you know, do relationship mindfulness. We can start to pay attention to like, we have to stop. Like we need to stop, we need to pause, we need to step back, we need to, you know, take care of our own emotions before we try to figure out, you know, what we need to solve, right? What we're missing in the experience. So, you know, the, the beauty of, of DBT is that we have an entire module of skills, right? We teach people effective ways to ask for what they want. We teach skills to take care of relationships. And we teach skills around our self-respect in relationships. How do we, you know, how do we make our voice heard? How do we say no? How do we set limits? How do we, you know, walk away from interactions feeling like our self-respect is intact? And the key to that is that we have to be on top of our emotions and we have to be paying attention. Blaze, again, DBT on enhancing relationships. You know, <clears throat> there's there are people that you just get along with well with. Um, you know, Jillian is somebody... Uh, I think most people probably get along well with Jillian uh, because they think similarly, they eat similarly, they laugh similarly, they feel similarly. And so, you know, it's just easy to, to get along with. And then there's people on the other side that are just much more difficult to get along with. And I um, <clears throat> bumped into someone the other day that I uh, really had uh, a very strong disagreement with. And I, I just... I noticed my emotions really becoming activated. And I mean, I practice mindfulness and meditation and interpersonal effectiveness. And all of that went out the window because that's what happens when you have strong emotions. They just go out the window. Mm, that's emotion mind. That's emotion mind. The worst of who we are. And by the worst, I mean the least effective of who we are comes out then. And what I realized in that moment was that I had forgotten that they had a point of view as well. Mm. Now, I heard their point of view, 
And what it did is I didn't completely agree with their point of view, but nevertheless, it was a point of view that once I heard it, I realized that they were acting out of their own fears and their own worries. And we were at least able to leave that conversation with much more civility than certainly it had started with. So I think at its best, it enhances really wonderful relationships. And, you know, marginally, there's a degree of civility, there's a degree of curiosity, there's a degree of willingness to listen to what the other person has to say without automatic prejudgment. Great. And um, before we go, tell me where you think DBT is going. We've often talked about how it it should be mainstreamed. I've talked to members of Congress and senators about how they're trying to get social-emotional training in their schools, versions of it. Do you think that there is a place for DBT in the mainstream, you know, in our school systems and in our way of life place? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mika, I partially blame you for this, and I'm doing that with loving compassion. Uh, but ever since you had us on <laughs> your show... I've had more calls from schools uh, asking for this very thing uh, than, than ever before. And, you know, we insist on a few things. We insist that kids learn mathematics, they learn how to read, we insist that they play sports, that they learn geography, that they learn history, all these sorts of things. But we forget that they are fundamentally emotional thinking beings, and but we don't teach them how the brain works and how emotions work. And I think that those uh, uh, skills need to be built into a curriculum that is didactic, that teaches people these things. It's not, you know, okay, everybody's mentally ill, but we can all benefit from uh, being more effective and more, uh, yeah, more effective interpersonally Mm. and more effective within ourselves. And we can do it by understanding a lot of the brain science that is behind DBT, a lot of the mindfulness uh, practices that help us to regulate. So so that's at the one level, at the school level, I think it could be really, really important. There's many places where DBT doesn't necessarily work as well as we would like. I mean, maybe people who struggle with learning disabilities and other things like that. What are we, right. what do we need to do to enhance DBT so that lots of people can benefit from it? That's the other question. Well, I'll take the blame for spreading the word. Earlier in this podcast, I was telling our listeners how um, one of the things about Know Your Value is I like to share the secrets of success when I learn something, when I learn something that works. And this is something that works. And so I I appreciate Jillian, everything that you've done for me, and Blaze and Jillian for writing this book and helping so many people, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Um, We've got a lot of issues we need to tackle on this podcast, including social media. So that's for another day. But doctors Jillian Galen and Blaza Geary, thank you so much. The authors, co-authors of the book, DBT for Dummies. This has been another edition of Mika Straight Up. Thank you so much for listening. Bank of America is dedicated to bringing diverse women talent into the company and to supporting the economic empowerment of women around the world. 
recognizing the vital role women play in driving economic growth, Bank of America helps women make connections to build their businesses and make meaningful contributions to local communities. Through partnerships with multiple organizations, Bank of America has helped more than 75,000 women entrepreneurs access mentoring and the capital they need to lead, create positive change, and grow their businesses. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com women. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation.